What's up, everybody? This is Jerry Ferrara, and you are listening to the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah podcast. Kanye, what's up, man? How you feeling, Dallas? How you doing? I've been good. I've been good. How does Turtle know Kanye? How does Turtle know JR and the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah podcast? Welcome back, everybody, to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage podcast. I am your host, JR Hickey. I hope this episode was worth the wait. Long time coming. Cannot wait to get into it. Before I do that, I hope everyone out there is staying safe, staying inside. As soon as San Francisco was put under the shelter-in-place order about 10 days ago, the wife and I packed up our car, drove straight, six hours straight into the desert, so we are staying at her father's house in Palm Desert, California. A lot of wide open space, more room to move around. Houses are super far apart, hopefully isolating ourselves better than we would have in San Francisco where we live in a box surrounded by homeless people defecating on the sidewalks. Apologies in advance for the audio quality. The interview was conducted over Skype, and I had to record it with my portable setup in a guest bathroom. I'm in a guest bathroom right now. I'm recording this next to a toilet, but we all have to make do. Nobody feels sorry for a podcaster in these trying times. So, caused a little bit of a delay last week, but I think you're going to find that instead of me rushing this thing out with a friend of mine or a comedian or something, Jerry Ferrara helps you get through just an hour of your quarantined life. One year ago, almost to the week, I reached out to him. He had shared some content I created for Bro Bible. It was the NBA logos as our favorite entourage characters, and I just made them all turtle. And he shared it, followed me, we DM'd a little bit. I said, hey man, would love to have you on the pod. He was super into it, however, his wife was eight and a half months pregnant, so it was a little bit of back and forth. At one point when I was at Coachella, I was about to board a plane to fly to New York to interview him face-to-face. Since then, always been super cool, super supportive of what we're doing here at OEA. We just kept missing each other, and I was in New York just in February for about eight to ten days. DM'd him. He said, hey, I'm actually in LA this week, of course, but I'm free on Sunday. Let's do it on Sunday. So super amped, started looking for some studio space. He got back from LA and, you know, life got in the way. He had a lot of shit to take care of and unfortunately had to reschedule. And I was pretty down. I was like, man, this, this just might be it. We just might be two ships passing in the night. And then this quarantine happened and everyone became super available to talk. And if there's one good thing that came out of this national lockdown, it might be this. Jerry was nothing short of incredible with his time, generous with his stories. We recorded late on a Wednesday night and like we started Skyping and his camera wasn't working. And three separate times, he's like, hey man, let me just try to figure this out. Let me reset my computer. Let me fiddle with this camera. And I was initially like, hey man, let's just go. Let's record. I know you're short on time. And he was like, no, I want this to work, which just shows you the kind of guy he is. Every person I've talked to associated with the show, and despite what you might think, I've talked to a few, told me that of everyone, Jerry is just the most humble, down-to-earth guy you could ever have on your podcast. And that was so apparent during this conversation. Just incredible stories from the guy. Can't wait to get into him. He talks about how Turtle and the crew would handle coronavirus. He tells an incredibly funny story about how he, Jerry, nearly single-handedly ruined the tan trip for the entire HBO production crew. He answered some of the usual questions, which character he's closest to in real life. It's not like a standard break down the episode line by line, category by category episode of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, but I would hope that's not what you're looking for. I would hope you're looking for just a fun, informative, loose conversation with one of our favorite characters from the show. If you're just joining us for the first time, we break down a new episode of Entourage every Monday morning, myself and a guest 
We've had comedians on, we've had actors on, we've now had actors from the show on, which is such an honor. Go back, listen at the beginning. I'm a little hard on the show early on in season one, but seasons two through four, just a celebration of how much fun the show is. Give us a follow on social media, at Pod on Instagram and Twitter. I am at JRWillDoIt on Instagram and Twitter. Enjoy this conversation. I hope it opens some doors to get more of the cast and crew from the show on going into season five. Be on the lookout for some bonus Jerry content coming later this week. And please, please, please be careful, stay inside, stay healthy, and enjoy the episode. Talk to you guys next Monday. My guest this week is dialing in from Brooklyn, New York. You know him from his work in the NBA 2K League, his podcast Bad for Business, and his television roles such as Joe Proctor on the Star Show Power and Kirk Zender on the USA show Shooter. Oh, and one more little-known role of Salvatore Turtle Asante in HBO's Entourage, Jerry Ferrara. Welcome to the Entourage podcast. This has been a long time coming. We've been circling each other for for a year now, I feel like. It's been probably a year exactly. It's so funny because I feel like every time I message you, you're like, hey, man, my wife's about to have a baby. And I'm like, oh, shit, you really <laughs> don't have any time right now. And... I think I messaged you like on, the, on a holiday at some other point, and it just we've been circling, and it's finally happening. Thank you for being on the pod. No, no, it's uh, it's my pleasure, and I really enjoy what you guys, what you're doing, and the way it's been broadcasted out there. And uh, I'm just glad we can make this happen. And maybe we were talking before you started rolling. Maybe one day we could we could reunite everybody and do one of these. It would be a good excuse to all get together. I think that would get a lot of listeners of this podcast very excited. And let, let's make it happen. This is the first step. So you're, you're the first yes. domino. Let's start. Dude, I, I can't thank you enough. I said this to you off air, but you have been nothing but generous and gracious in sharing episode links, memes we've put together, responding to shit. Uh, it's, it's, it's nothing short of like one of the bitter honors I've ever had of you like liking my podcast stuff. So I appreciate that. Well, yeah, you know, you never quite know when you see stuff on the internet, particularly with Twitter, it's like, is the joke on you yeah. or are you kind of in on the joke? And is it more of like a, Hey, we're, we're, we're doing this out of like respect or we're just kind of killing it. And with entourage, you know, it always invoked sort of reactions where people either kind of love it or loved to kind of hate on it a little yeah. bit from afar. So, uh, once I deciphered that you had great intentions, it was like, yeah, I got to give this guy some love, man. I appreciate that. And the, the love, the love is felt. I think I first probably got your attention with that thing where I compared turtle to NBA logos. Like a that year was ago. awesome. man. <laughs> that was awesome. It took me down memory lane and some of those clothes, particularly in like the season one, two days, man. Oof. Wow, visors and stuff. There, you were you were monochromatic back then, man. <laughs> it was uh, it was something else, but that that was really well done. I thought that was very uh, very very cool. Thank you, and I'm sure the listeners are tired of listening to myself stroke my ego. But before we dive into no can do, first off, how are you and your family? How are you holding up in in the, these like really trying times? You know, we're we're doing we're we're doing pretty well. You know, it's a constant mix of you know we feel good for a couple hours, and we're maybe get some good news, and you're like, okay, maybe this is not going to be bad for too much longer. And then you ha you hear other things, and you just you're in panic for two straight hours. So it's just like everybody else, it's just up and down. Uh, you know, I'm 40 years old, so I really don't like. Obviously, I've been through 9/11, and that was as awful as it gets especially out in new york and now being here in new york again it's kind of like the epicenter of this it's just uh it's tough seeing people afraid and 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 whatnot but we're you know we're trying we're trying we got we got the one-year-old so also entertaining him in the house that's a full-time gig so we're staying busy just trying to we're kind of running a zone defense with him it's like my wife takes this part of the house i got this part you do this time i do this time we're running a, a cover two zone for one baby it's, uh, he's he's probably walking now close he's like crawling around he's standing up he's like t yeah any any day it could be tomorrow are you trapping him at the top of the t like steph curry or something like that you and your wife you know what we do we know we're kind of running a little we we literally run like a one two two zone you know mm -hmm. we kind of let him decide where he wants to go let him commit and then we send the defense <laughs> i love it i love it man. how are you you know it's not it's not as important of a question but it's relevant. How are you holding up with no sports right now? I mean, you're a, your Yankees, Nips, and Giants like fandom runs deep. 
Yeah, it's it's look, it's certainly strange. I'm as big of a sports fan as it gets, and uh, you know, I'm used to kind of fading out on the Knicks around this time <laughs> of year anyway. But usually, this is where I start to follow, you know, whatever the close races are. Usually, the eighth and seventh seed in the West in basketball is crazy competitive and similar to these. And I kind of just get ready for the playoffs. And even though my team's has not been in it, with the exception of one year. Uh, I love the pl- basketball playoffs is the best. So it's, it's certainly a void, but you know, I, uh, I play a lot of video games yeah. and that's a great time for gamers. Not that it's a, like they're enjoying this time, but you know, I'm sure the viewership on esports and gaming is and streaming is huge. So, uh, we're watching a lot of TV shows. It's a good time to, to have a rewatch podcast right now. Hey, for everyone listening who's looking for a show to rewatch, we got a show for you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. Start you start watching it with JR. Episode one, it's waiting there Let's for do it. you. Yeah, yeah they, they, there's episodes going back to last December. We started with episode one, season one, and we are exactly at the halfway point. What a better time to bring you on to show us some love. I really appreciate Gosh. it. Gosh. I almost want to go through them with you and just give you, I, I want to give you like one or two like n- unknown facts from each episode. Although there might, some episodes might not have any. Don't tease me like that. But uh, maybe, look again, I have plenty of time on yeah. my hands. Maybe I'll start going through the episodes, see if I can jog the the memory of some things. Even if you just want to like leave me a voice message, right? Like, and I can just run it that week. We can figure something out. Yeah. Like prime example with the pilot, yep. that opening, I am the first character you see in Entourage. Mm-hmm. Turtle pulls up in the yellow Hummer in the Fred Siegel parking lot, and he goes and gets the posters and whatnot. That was not the original opening. What was we it? We shot that long after we shot the pilot, and you know, then the stu- HBO sees the pilot and gives some notes. And the original opening was the four of us in a bar. I think it was Tom Bergen's in LA. I'm not quite sure. I don't really remember, but it's the four of us in the bar. The bar is empty, right? And we're just drinking and talking. So we look at these four regular schmoes like at some bar and then we like go to leave. But then when we leave, there's like this bouncer who walks us into like a limo. You see us get in the limo and then we pull up and then we pull up to the, the premiere of head on. Got it. So that was, but it just lacked a little bit of energy and it didn't really get you right off the bat so they switched it and then we shot that new opening where i kind of pull in and i'm almost running over like 19 different girls in the parking lot it was nuts so i like that turn though uh because i'm assuming it was like you didn't know that they were famous or that vince and the guys right. were famous and then you don't that know until the they misdirect. get to the limo that's nice yes. i like that misdirect obviously the original holds up we had the guest on and we were talking about the pilot and we admired the fact that, like, no matter what, no matter what time of day it is, the boys are just slamming Bud Heavies, no matter where they are. And it's just, it's beautiful. It doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Listen, on, on on an acting front, right, you're always trying to have, we call it, like, business. Like, we need something to do so that we could, like, you know, let me take a sip of this. It makes the lines seem that much more natural, you know? So... What's better, drinking a water on camera or drinking yeah. a beer? Yeah. For me, for my character, uh, and look, he was always, I think, intended to be a stoner, sure. but not nearly as much in the beginning. If you know, I don't even know how much I smoke in the pile. I don't know. I got to rewatch it, but uh, it just became my business. And every scene, when there's four of us, I'm like, hey, can I roll a joint in this scene? <laughs> hey, can I smoke a joint in it? It's not a real weed, yeah, obviously, yeah. but it was more of me looking for something to do with my hands than actually saying, this character is going to be a story, but it just worked. Yeah. We always, I mean, I'm not in the business as much as you are. I make TV commercials for a living, Jerry. This is not my full-time job, but we always say we have to give the actors in the TV commercials something to do because if you're standing yes. in a store and their hands are just at their side, they look like mummies. Yeah. It's not real life. Like if you just look at any, even conversations on the street yep. with people walking, rarely are people just walking and like people are looking at phones. They're They're just doing stuff. So I think Turtle was always destined to be a, a pothead. Definitely. So every week, Jerry, we ask the desk, or I ask the desk the question, how would this particular episode be different in 2020? Given the times we're currently living in, how do you think Turtle and the rest of the guys would respond to coronavirus? Oh, man. Uh, if I had to kind of go, and again, I'm speaking of their characters, mm-hmm. not the mm-hmm. real person. I mean, I think... 
I think Johnny Drama would definitely know the secret to how to beat it, <laughs> almost know the cure. Yeah. Something like, bro, I'm telling you, we're going to go in the sauna. Yeah, sweat it out. Gonna do, yeah, sweat it all out, bro. <laughs> like, he'll know something. Uh, I think Turtle and E would be terrified. And I, But here's how it would go in on Turtle. Like, it would be like, fuck us. We got to quarantine Vince because he's <laughs> the one who's important. Yeah. So we would, we would either put Vince in a hotel or we would all go to a hotel and leave Vince. Oh, the whole episode of Vince would be alone. Yep. And, uh, going crazy. Going crazy. Yeah. I think, I think we, our massive priority would be we got to protect Vince yeah. at all costs. There'd be yeah. a line of girls like out the door. You know, like they can't come in. Turtles just blocking <laughs> the door. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I'd be like, sorry, guys. The house is closed. I thought yeah. like Ari would quarantine himself and Lloyd so that like they had to keep working the phones. Yeah, I'm sure there would be like, if I'm gonna get it, Lloyd, you're gonna get it too. You know, it'd be like one something like that. It, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I guess that means we did a good job if we could, all these years later, if we could still assume how these guys would react to something in 2020. Totally, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the episode. Let's talk quickly for as long as you want, actually, about episode 11 of season four, No Tan Do. Directed by Dan Adius, written mm-hmm. by Doug, Rob, Lisa, and Allie. Originally aired on Sunday, August 6th, August 26, 2007. 2007, shit. I always like to do a little time capsule here, Jerry. So a little bit of sports news that was happening around this time. You know, it's August. There's not a lot going on. But the next day, August 27th, Michael Vick, the star quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons, pled guilty before a Virginia jury to a federal felony charge related to running the dog fighting ring. Oh my God, that was 2007. (sighs) Wow. At one point, he was the highest paid player in the NFL, and he was sentenced to 23 months in federal prison at the age of 27. Wow. I know. I just like it, because it's weird. It doesn't feel like that long ago. Like I could actually close my eyes. I could remember some of those scenes. I can even remember some of the stuff we were saying to each other, like in between takes, like, you know, trying to just get through a 14 hour day. But, uh, when you hear, when you hear like 2007, God, I mean, that's, that's a lot. I was 26 years old, you know, this is a long time ago. The fact that you have, you've said to me before we started recording that your memory for this stuff is pretty good. That is super impressive. Given the places you went, the lines you had to remember, and the amount of life you've lived since then, man. Like, I, I can't remember what I was doing 15 years ago. It, it is kind of cool in a way because uh, it is like a time capsule of your life. It does document time. Like, you tell me August, you know, season four. Like, I know 2007. All right, that's a roughly season four. What happened in season four? That's the the can episode. So I could remember. So I went to France that year. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like it's like this great time capsule of your life. And, you know, I get to show my son one day, although he's going to definitely have to be close to 18 when he watches these episodes. Uh, this is what your father looked like when he was 26 and <laughs> knew nothing and still knows nothing. But uh, he's probably going to say, Daddy, man, you were a big boy back then. And he's going to go, why aren't you on your phone all the time? <laughs> why, why are you on this? Why does your phone flip open? That's so weird. So, quick recap of the episode. Vince and company are headed to Tan for the premiere of Median, but it's complicated when LAX is shut down due to a terror alert scare. Jerry, every week we talk about our favorite bros being bros moment. And bros being bros isn't meant to be derogatory. It's just those moments of male friendship that you like love yes. in the show. Yes. And there are a couple of good ones in this episode. I can start us off, or do you remember any off the top of your head? Uh... I remember the one that comes off the top of my head is, and I don't know if you want to, if you're going in like chronological order with some of the bro moments, because this one's more toward the end That's of the episode when uh, Sidney Pollack comes in. And by the way, you want to talk about like one of the coolest days of work on Ugh. the same call sheet. This is how unique Entourage was. Like on the same day, you're shooting scenes with Sidney Pollack, who is a legend, legend, you know, legend of everything directing right everything and then right after lunch you got kanye coming in <laughs> with this great new song coming out uh, yeah. it just was like that's all in one day and i don't know if anyone could really say they've worked with sydney pollock and kanye west on the same exact day but uh but in that scene with sydney pollock where i guess ari's character miscounted on how many people and someone needed to not go 
Who was that? That was well. I don't know if it end, if we ended up not going right on Sydney Pollock's plane, but I remember. I think my character volunteered. Are yep. um, everyone was like volunteering, yep. saying like, "No, you go." And Vince is the most. It's your movie. You gotta be there. And E, you're the producer. Walsh, you're the director. So it really was me, drama, and Ari. And Ari needs to be there. So it really was me and drama. And drama's kind of in the movie, so Turtle should have been the one to be like, "All right, I gotta sit this one out." So, and just the fact that he was willing to, I thought that's like a good. I remember on the day when we were shooting that, being like, "This is what this show is about." One hundred percent. Is that this guy, like, you know, what we would do just to help this guy maintain his career at all costs? What the hell, Ari? No one said an agent could count. I screwed up, okay, but I can remedy this situation. Everyone that does not have a purpose in can say I. Turtle drama, don't hold back. Hey, I have a purpose there, Ari. To raise the awareness of Johnny Chase. A purpose that also translates to cash in the Miller Gold pockets, I might add. Look, guys, drama's right. He has more of a purpose there than me. I'll stay back. It's cool. Don't worry. Boom. Oh, great. Now I feel terrible. It's fine. And nobody's hanging back or everybody's hanging back, okay? Vinny, what are you talking about? You bled for this thing. You gotta go. It's your movie. We all bled for it, Ari. We'll get another plane tomorrow, because tonight it's all or none. There may not be a plane tomorrow. You know, Billy, why don't you go? Ah, fuck it. I'm a team player. Look, I will bail. I gotta salvage the marriage anyway. Don't worry about no, no, it. No, no, All or none of us includes you, Ari. Excuse me, ladies. Would you mind telling Mr. Pollock that we're gonna have to catch another ride? Hey, Vin, should we call E, tell him not even to bother? Unless my triple vision's getting the best of me, that looks like him right there. Sorry I'm late, guys. You're not. Sacrifice the plane to the god of friendship. What? Billy, if it's meant to be, we'll get there. Turtle raises his hand, super selfless, and then an, an even more bro move. Vince goes, no. We're either all going or none of us are going, which is, you know. Which, it's a great bro move. It's an awful business decision. I was going to say. <laughs> Send Terrible. the director and the star. <laughs> I mean... I just wonder in reality, I mean, all of Vincent Chase's decisions, <laughs> financial, uh, relationship, yeah. love, uh, even friendship to a degree, all of his decisions could be dissected as like, is this guy all there? Because <laughs> like he should have, it should have been a no brainer. Like Turtle, you stay home, watch the house and we'll be back in a week. Yeah. But no, we either all go or we don't. That's insane. But that's what kind of added to the magic of Vince. Because then Kanye comes walking through the door five minutes later. I want you all to say hello to Mr. Sidney Pollack. Hey, Sidney. Big fan. Me too, Vince. <laughs> pleasure to have you guys. It's a pleasure to be had, Sidney. In fact, I've been dying to meet you ever since I played the Redford role in the way we were off-Broadway. You played that part? Yeah. You, you don't see it? Uh, we ready to well, go? I, uh, no, actually, we're waiting for one more. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Five. We said five. Uh... I, I, I miscalculated, but it is no problem. We'll take the late little man and we'll put him in the overhead. Oh, yeah. Every passenger has to have their own seat, sir. That's FAA regulation. Ari, rules. Come on. I got my eight people to take care of. You guys work it out and we'll see you on the plane. I'm sorry about that, hey, Vince. No problem. The Vince, everything's going to work out, is so fun in retrospect, rewatching it. Because I'm like, I didn't notice this as I was in my 20s when the show premiered. Like, it just. Didn't occur to me how so laid back he was, like almost to where he's. It's a little detrimental in some moments, like that. It is detrimental. It is for sure. And uh, I guess I don't know if Doug Ellen, you know, our showrunner yeah. creator, intended for this. I mean, he always. How many episodes end with the like? It's all going to work out, right? <laughs> like from the very beginning. And if it doesn't, we'll all go back to Queens, sure. right? That was the phrase. Sure. But that was part of the show, the wish fulfillment. Number one, it was wish fulfillment of these guys who were normal, everyday guys. Could be anyone except for Vince, like in these extraordinary situations. But at the end of the day, when like you hear Vince say, it's all going to be okay. It's all going to work out. You believe it. Yeah. And isn't that what we all want? We want someone to tell us everything's going to be okay, and we want to believe it. I have people tell me all the time when stuff's going rough like it's gonna be okay and yeah. in the back of your mind you're like ah eh, fuck it is it is it do you know why the fuck do you know but the vince character is one of those few people you could actually say he believed it and he made you believe it and i think that's why we love the show so much it's an escape it's wish fulfillment it's all gonna exactly. work out in the end there were stakes obviously episode by episode season by season but these guys were gonna be okay no matter what and uh yeah, man, the ride holds up. Got to be honest with you. Talking to guests every Good. week, hearing from fans all over the world, like 
they miss it. And I'm sure you sure you know that feeling. I'm sure you hear it from people all day, every day about it. Well, I want to tell everyone listening, just know that uh, I, I miss it just as you do, they do for almost different reasons, like similar to like why now some people will like look back at high school or college yeah. and be like, you know what? I didn't know it at the time, but that was a time in my life. And I can honestly say that about Entourage. It's not that I didn't know it. I knew it, but I just was always so afraid that, you know, the show was going to get canceled or it just felt too good to be true. So I didn't relax and enjoy it. Not until maybe like season seven and eight when I knew we were coming to the end. I, I made it a point to enjoy it. It's not that I was miserable. I just was nervous all the time. I was stressed. I just wanted it to just never wanted it to go away because it really was the time of my life job security man yeah yeah that's all i ever wanted that's still to this day all i want it's all i'm looking for i mean i love acting but of course like everybody you want job security and you know eight years is a hell of a run in television for sure hell of a run before we go any farther you mentioned a story you wanted to tell about on your way to tan so right so the episode that follows this one mm-hmm. is the episode where in can and obviously now you've done enough of these podcasts every year you know, started around season two. Every year we always went somewhere. Yep. You know, season two was Sundance and Vegas, I believe. Season three, uh, somewhere. I don't know. We went somewhere. I guarantee it. We always went somewhere. <laughs> uh, and then season four was was France. Was was can we shot at the real? And we still to this day, it's a joke in one of the episodes. Don't know if it's can or con. Yep. I always screw it up. I say can, so forgive me if I'm saying it wrong. It's can. I looked it up. <laughs> it's can. Yeah. So we were going to shoot at the real Cannes Film Festival on the real red carpet, which obviously is extremely famous. Yeah. We were going to go in as the Oceans. I want to say at that point it was 13, maybe your research. I don't know if it was 12 or 13 in 2007. Sure. This would have been 2007, so it would have been the third one. Yeah. So 13. 13 yeah. So right as we saw, and ironically, like we're staring and it's like, I think it might've even been like Scott Kahn or someone. <laughs> it's like, right as the, the last cast member goes in, you guys are on. We're going to keep all this paparazzi here. We gave they had to give them pictures of Adrian and tell like with the direction of like, no, this guy's famous. So when you see him <laughs> act like he's super famous and literally we, we had one shot at this. We went to Cannes for two days. So, if one thing goes wrong, mm-hmm. the whole thing is fucked. Yeah. Right? But I, at this point, because I had never been anywhere in my life, I had never left the country. So I, you know, about uh, two months before, went and I got my passport expedited and I'm uh, getting ready for this trip because we knew. So maybe like four days before we're ready to leave, I'm like, you know, I haven't really seen my passport in a minute. <gasps> oh, shit. And I was really disorganized at this point. My most, probably the the most immature part of me at 26, 27 was the fact that like I never knew. I lo- I used to lose checks. Like I was just disorganized. I was a mess. Yeah. I started looking. I looked like four days before. I'm like, I didn't find it. All right, I got to go to work. I'll look tomorrow. I come home. I look the next day. Uh, it's not in any of the spots I thought it was. It's got to be in the car. Next day, I checked the car. Now there's like two days left before we leave. I have no fucking idea where my passport is. I, I finally have to go to the producers and be like, guys, I can't fucking find it. They sent like four PAs to my house. They had one the transpo team rip apart my car. I mean, we had we had like at one point fifteen people trying to locate this fucking passport because we're done. If I can't, I mean, how do you write? Where am I? Am I is my character dead? Where am I? <laughs> Did he fall out of the plane? <laughs> Long story short, I never found the passport. Whoa. It's now, I think it's about four, not even 48 hours before we have to leave. I don't know what strings they had to pull or how much money it cost production. So I had a, I went down to the federal building and I'm sure I had to pay thousands of dollars and wait on a six hour line while I'm supposed to be working that day. So I'm already fucking up production and they issued me the passport on the spot right there like you go and you you get it like an hour or two later uh but everyone was so paranoid that one of the producers took my passport and was like i will see you at the airport tomorrow i'm taking this home and the entire trip someone else held my passport because i couldn't get but uh long story even longer 
about two years later when I moved out of that house, I took the washer dryer with me because it was pretty brand new. Mm -hmm. I took it and behind the washer dryer, I have no idea to this day how it got there, was a manila envelope marked passport. I do have shelves above the washer dryer. I have no idea. It never would have been there. I have no idea how it got there. That is such a classic mid-20s guy thing to do. But... But hey, it worked out in the end. Like Vincent Chase would have said it's always going to work out in the end. So, but I almost cost, I almost blew the whole can episode because you needed to be there on the red carpet. Like it, like that shot has to happen. It just, it just would have. We did the whole previous episode that we're on. You see me on the on the plane, which we'll talk about. What kind of it's like? You're not going to see me the entire. <laughs> it just would have been. I'm sure they would have worked it out, but it would have been. Just a, it would just cost probably hundreds of thousands of dollars to figure it out. Man, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing it. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Was there a moment where you're like, I, like, you got 15 people searching your house, like, you know, you're being raided by the feds or something? Are you, are you kind of like, maybe I should start being more organized? Maybe I should pick up that. I myself. think that's what, that, that is probably what did it yeah. for me. That was one of them. Uh, yeah, I think that was maybe the final straw because uh, I mean, I really was when I turned thirty. That's when I finally was like, "This is this shit's got to stop." Yeah, I'm like having a conversation with myself, like as if I was like a company where I'm talking to myself as an employee. It's like, you, listen, you gotta fucking do better. This has got to stop. We can't do business like this. But yeah, that that was the final straw. <laughs> and as you know, the introduction of a a woman and then a wife in your life that actually cleans that shit up pretty quickly. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Or I got news for you. Even the desire to get one will make you clean it up even quicker because they could smell that shit a mile away. 100%. You're like, this motherfucker's got a check for $12,000 in his underwear drawer. What? Why is this here? Why is this not in the bank? This is, it says it's yours. Go cash it. Okay. I mean, there's two things we're going to talk about this episode. Mm-hmm. It's Tanya West and Tanya's music. Yeah. What? This is the peak of Tanya West's career. It's pretty well established that Graduation is one of his, if not best, albums. You guys are engaging with him on screen a month and a half before the album drops. Good Life plays over the end credits six weeks before it's released to the public. Did you know in that moment, like, this is something special, something different? Or was it just another day of work for you? Uh, I mean, yeah, listen. It's okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I knew... You know, we heard we heard the song obviously, and it was like, "Wow, it's fucking that's a great song." <laughs> you still, but you know, you still don't see the episode. You're seeing, you're filming it, but you still don't know exactly, you know, how it's gonna sound or feel yeah. with the visuals and all that. Um, but on the day, just with Kanye there and just knowing what how this episode is gonna end, you, it did feel special. It did really feel like that, coupled with what we're gonna back it up with in actually being at can yeah. this is going to be like an unprecedented stretch for television like no one shot the can film festival no one's really premiered a song that we think is going to be you know getting major play for years to come and it did and i for me i don't know I, anytime i ever hear that song obviously my mind only goes to one place it can't not you know uh it definitely felt pretty special and then when you actually see the episode months later I mean, talk about the good, like, we're, we're, you know, you're on Kanye's Concord. I don't even know what kind of plane that was. It's ridiculous. Seven eighty seven. Yeah. I don't even know. Going to France with this budding movie star, like, it is, it's the, it's, it's a, a dream. Life. It's it's the good life. So, yeah, just that's, uh, I wonder how many people actually remember that or, I don't know. That's what you hope doesn't get kind of lost in history. It's like that's a pretty cool way to drop a song. First off, shouts to Scott Venner. Oh, Venner's the best. He's great. I mean, we bring him up every episode. We have a playlist. We put all of his hand-picked selections in the Spotify playlist. If you guys want the playlist, the link to download, listen to that's in the show notes of the episode. Yeah, I think that was his rap gift, his rap gift I think to everybody was and this is again back in 2011 so it might have still been cds or maybe it was on an ipod i don't remember but the last he, he put the last song of every episode chronologically because we were known for like the end song yep. was always like the song that ended the episode was always the one so 
yeah, I have, somewhere in this apartment, I have a CD with every Entourage final song in chronological order. That's so cool. Yeah. I wrote a piece for Complex in September where I ranked every single Entourage celebrity cameo. Wow. Oh, yeah, I think I saw that. I think I saw that. There are like 170 of them. Fraser Tharp, who did the... Uh, yeah. Fraser and I are friends. He's been on this pod a few times. and So I ranked them all, and I, and I named Kanye the number one cameo because of everything we just talked about where he was in his career and also just that really it sounds cheesy but like emotional aspect of it like we like watching the show because it makes us feel good to watch people we like doing cool shit with famous people and that is exactly what like living the good life and taking off in a fucking private jet personified and uh yeah man i'm, I'm very very grateful i got to hear your behind the scenes of that whole experience uh because there's no one else, man. There was no. I don't think I ever would have released No Can Do if I couldn't have had you on. So I appreciate it. And that's one of my. You talking about like favorite lines of the episode? I think one of my favorite lines is uh, when Kanye does come in and Ari is like, "How the fuck does Turtle know Kanye?" Is like never explained. No. And I don't think anyone's ever like, "Yeah, no, he of course he knows Kanye." Like, it's just, it, you know, I just love when stuff like that doesn't have to be explained. He managed a rapper for half a season, so he knows every famous rapper. Yeah, it just it just doesn't. He just knows him. Well, you don't don't ask questions. So what now, Ari? Turtle. What's up, man? Kanye, what's up, man? How you feeling, dog? How you doing? I've been good. Yeah. Been good. How does Turtle know Kanye? Yo, this, this is Turtle. Kanye. Ari Gold, how are you? How I you called doing? your manager by you and I sitting Sorry. down for a little meet and greet. You know my boy Vinny, right? Yeah, I, I know Vince. Hi, <laughs> what's, what's up, up, Kanye? How you been? I'm good. Where you headed? Nowhere. We got no plane, man. Where you guys had? We're going to London. We're just chilling out for a second. How much room you got? I mean, we got a little room. <laughs> you feel like making a quick stop in Cannes? Not really. I mean, <laughs> You'd be really helping us out. Yeah, I mean, like... Who we know in Cannes? Everybody. Everybody's over there. You really mean a lot to us. Come on, Kanye. Uh, I guess we're going to Cannes. Kanye Talked about Sidney Pollack sadly passed away just like nine months after the episode was shot. Yeah, that that's the hard part about it's the hard part about life, obviously. But you know, and even now with something like Entourage now having ended in 2011, started in 2004 or whatever, and then the movie, you know, God, there's been too many people who have worked on this show though that have passed away, and a lot of the cameos, you know. So, uh, but yeah, Sidney Pollack, not long after the episode, Bruno Kirby. Yep. I mean, we had every intention and Doug had every intention on bringing Bruno back. That stuff you see Adam Goldberg doing, yep. who is, he's great. Adam is great, by the way. Uh, and he probably still would have been on the show. That character would have still existed. But I think, you know, that was a lot of that stuff would have been Bruno's storyline. We love Bruno Kirby, you know? Yeah. So quite a few times that's that's obviously happened is terrible i mean sydney pollock's a legend and um you know you just feel terrible for his family and you're grateful that you got the chance to just cross paths with him three days of the condor won an yeah. oscar for out of africa directing and producing michael clayton the firm legend absolutely legend. legend 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 okay so every week jerry i asked who won this week's episode of entourage vince is exempt vince wins every week Right. <laughs> That's fair. I honestly think there's only one answer. Uh, Kanye? I mean, but like Kanye is on that Vince level where like he wins every day of his life, especially in 2007. Then it's kind of got to be Turtle, right? It's 100% Turtle. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, technically, we don't make that film festival if it's not if it's not for Turtle. So yeah, I think Turtle wins the episode. It's brought up pretty often on this podcast, but oftentimes Turtle is the episode winner. Sometimes <laughs> it's by default because he just like stays out of the way and he's just like unwaveringly right. supportive and optimistic <clears throat> about everything, which is usually to his benefit, which I'm sure you realized. It just... Of course. But this time he's undoubtedly the winner. Like they've exhausted all possibilities. Ari's guy at the Lear private jets isn't available not enough seats on Sydney Pollock. Elliot's on lockdown. Like, Turtle comes through in the clutch and gets them to France. Yeah, I mean, you know, part of the fun of playing Turtle, it was a lot of fun. Um, obviously, there's some similarities between myself and him. 
you know, but then as you start to play a character, you start to kind of live through the character a little bit where it's like, you know, this is something I would never do or something I would never say. And I, I did have trouble here or there with some of the lines, particularly like with how we would always approach women. Like I was never like an approach guy. Yeah. I, you know, I was raised by a single. I was like always like, I usually like even like half apologize before like going up, like be like, sorry, I'm going to say this. It's going to sound <laughs> dumb. Sorry. But, uh, but one thing I always knew from the beginning with turtle was the traits that i knew that were in me that i want to come out is super loyal mm -hmm. and positive like genuinely believes vince is the biggest movie star in the world and i will do anything to support this guy fulfilling his destiny those were the two things i knew about the guy right away everything else you kind of find as the years go on I, I couldn't have said it better myself, man. I mean, you, you radiate positivity of everyone I've spoken to. And I've had a lot of guests on who uh, in, interact with you on a regular basis. Chris Stefano, Jeff Eisenband of the NBA 2K League. <clears throat> Jeff, Jeff's the best. They've all said to me, you got to have Jerry on. He's a lot different than his character, but he's just the nicest human being on the planet. And I mean, th this is proving it, man. This is, uh, this, this is confirming all of mine and the listeners' previous beliefs. I try to give what I get, you know, all those people you mentioned are very nice and are cool to me. I'm cool back. Uh, I guess if Jeff was ever a dick, I'd probably be a dick back, but I don't <laughs> ever see Jeff doing that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I try to, I just give what I get, man. If you're cool, I'll, I'll be cool. Was this an A-list episode, B-list episode or D-list episode of Entourage? You can do pluses and minuses. <laughs> I mean, this is an A episode. I think I just in turn. I always go by like what's the the one the episodes that people ask the most about, or I ever see are like you know what are your favorites, and then they say their favorites. The ones that always come up are the Sundance episode, the the Valley episode may be yep. maybe the all time greatest. I don't know. Some people say that it's their favorite. Yep. Uh, the the can episode and i think when you talk about the can episode this is almost like a two-parter like the kanye episode no can do and then the can those two are together they're one it, it, in an ideal world you air them together as one episode yeah. you know they really do play as one more so than i think any two episodes of of entourage ever um but yeah those are some of the early ones and i think those are the ones like these are the ones that get talked about the most the vegas ep the seth green vegas episode you know those are the ones there's always like the top five that people always want to ask the most or sure. reference the most and this kanye part with the song and everything always stands out it's a plus it's on the mount rushmore yeah i would say i would say if not a plus it's a strong a definitely i have a few questions i want to ask and we're wrapping up here sure. and i appreciate you taking no, the time dude, this <laughs> Yeah, hurry up! I got places. I got. I got. I got places. I got. I was gonna say. I mean, I know. You know, it's like nine o'clock at night. I gotta go watch Curb Your Enthusiasm with the wife. Come on, yeah. man. <laughs> All right, this might be more of a speed round, or just I'm hoping these are five questions you either haven't been asked for a while, or have never been asked. And I know that's a lofty. I, I will tell you, and I'll answer before I give my answer. I will say haven't been asked in a while was asked last week sure. or never been asked. So I'm going to be rating you. Let Your memory go. is like an elephant and it's, which is probably <laughs> unlike turtles, real memory, which is probably pretty shit. <laughs> I stopped smoking weed a long time ago. I asked this of all my guests, this first one, Jerry, who are you in your own real life entourage? I am E. Have you been asked that question before? Um, no, yes. I, well, I, I've been asked who am I mo mo the most like, but okay, fair enough. Uh, close, but this is a different version with a better spin. <laughs> I would say I'm I in my entourage circle. I am the E. I'm the voice of reason. I try to do the right thing. Keep every you know. I'm probably we always joke. Connolly always. I mean. Anytime if Connolly would like ever improv a line that wasn't like an E-ish line and Doug Allen would be like, no, don't say that. He's like, Connolly would literally snap back. Like, yeah, of course. Why would E have any fucking fun, right? <laughs> e doesn't, of course. E's going to be over in the corner crying about some girl, drinking a beer. Why? This is like going on in between take. Why would E ever like show that he has a sense of humor or he's funny and like gets it? Uh, but yeah, I would, I would, I think I'm probably the, the E in the group. E is the most common answer, and Dud has said 
in public that he's kind of the main character. Like you, you know, build first, follow him like from his whole yeah. journey, and you know, it's it's all through his perspective. Yeah. If you really look at Entourage, it's th- it's it's told through the point of view of Eric. Yeah, Turtle you know? and Drama are already out there. He like kind of shows up later. Like we've been out there. Yeah, yeah it made sense. Jerry Ferrara is an E. We'll put that in stone. Yeah. Second question. Oh, this is, ooh, look at this. The wife just, ooh. Ooh, what's this? She's brought me a ginger lemon honey <laughs> tea. Nice. It's good for the immune system in a, in a, in a Ellen mug. Look at that. <laughs> Ellen that. There we go. I would like to at some point have your wife on later on, maybe in season eight, from which she performed she, it. She was on the show. Yeah. She was in there. Yeah. she was. When we get there in a year and a half. <laughs> she would, and you know what though i can't guarantee she's watched the episode so sure. she might have to watch and catch back up she uh she doesn't really watch anything in 2020 would turtle be vince's social media manager <laughs> <laughs> yes and i do believe that there's a good chance that Vince would probably have a great social media following, but he would have probably been banned a couple of times <laughs> or suspended a couple of times. Um, dude, I, it's so funny. You know, I always, I try to always think about like, what would Entourage have been like yeah. with Twitter? And, you know, now like it's great. We do rewatches and stuff like that and it lives on. But I remember the episode where someone had the line, it was one of the Avion episodes with Sasha Gray where someone had the line like, Vince, you put this on Twitter. <laughs> and Vince said, yeah, so what? And I think E says something like, you have like 4 million followers on Twitter. I remember in between takes going up to Doug and other producers being like, what the fuck is Twitter? Because <laughs> it, it came out like two weeks before. I remember being like, all right, someone tell me what this, I know what Facebook is, what's Twitter? So I often wonder um, what Entourage would have been like with social media. Uh, he definitely would have been running Vince's social, and uh, I think he would have had a lot of followers. It would have been a, I think it would have been a contentious Twitter and Instagram account. Turtle would be sliding into those DMs of every young actress. Oh God! <laughs> of all of Turtle's entrepreneurial endeavors, which was your favorite? Uh, it's tough. I I think my favorite is with Saigon mm-hmm. and with. Uh, management of a hip hop artist because I think it was like the first time he ever showed initiative yep. to do something. Uh, although the video game stuff was kind of cool, even though that wasn't necessarily going to be a profession, he was just trying to make some money for the group. Yeah, uh, I say that because you know it was the first time you ever got to see him doing anything. But the Avion stuff was pretty cool because um, I think for the first time you could almost see the character genuinely believe like, oh, I have something good here, yeah. like this. Like, I have a good idea. I'm not, like, faking it till I make it. This is a good idea. This is going to work. So, but I, for me, if I had to pick, it would be the Saigon stuff was just a lot of fun. I'm like, wow, I get to play this, like, driven guy. Sure. so unusual. He was on that, like, Ari Gold hustle for the first time ever, and it was cool to see Turtle's version of that. Yeah, because I think a lot of people, you know, look, I was the youngest in the cast, mm-hmm. although now, once you get to a certain age, it doesn't matter. Sure. Uh, and I think the turtle character was the last to evolve but i think a lot of people could relate to you know wanting to start a business or go into business for yourself do something which you you have good ideas i think ari says it to turtle in one of the episodes you know you have a great idea can you execute mm-hmm. it though yep and i think you were watching turtle learn like okay there's more than just having a good idea i have to learn how to execute it so to every young entrepreneur out there right now, if you have a good idea, there's no better time than right now <laughs> to execute it. Listen, man, you, yes, yes, this is the time. Um, I can cut this out if you want, and it's no shots at any of the writing. Is there any of his entrepreneurial endeavors that you maybe weren't a fan of or didn't see him doing? Um, it's not that I wasn't a fan. The restaurant stuff, the bringing out of Dom Pepe's to L.A., it's not that I disliked it by any stretch, but uh, I just never knew if that like fit the character. Again, it wasn't ever like a contentious thing. I sure. did my job. Course, I was like, course. sure. And yeah. at the time, I was having a great time. I guess, I guess looking back at it, it's like I just wonder... I just always felt like the rap thing, the tequila thing, those are like grander. Not that opening up a restaurant isn't grand, but how many... 
what is it? I don't know what the number is. How many restaurants that open fail? Yeah. You know, obviously we got a leg up because we would have had the Vinny Chase card to pull, but you know, just seem more like a, these guys just want to get their bait clams out in LA. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's the reason. It's more like a flex. I feel like <laughs> just get that shit overnighted or something like, yeah. Yeah. It's like we, we just want bait clams. We're going to open up a restaurant. Yeah. $4 million. You've talked about your previous career in the restaurant industry in Hollywood. And as you know, as well sure. as a lot of listeners, Restaurant work sucks. Like managing a restaurant is a tough gig. And yeah, I have a lot of friends who manage restaurants, own restaurants, cook in restaurants, yeah. chefs, and it's it's not, you know, restaurant tourship or whatever your profession. It's it's tough. It's yeah. a hard line of work, and if you're not up for it, it, it won't work. You have to be willing to make it your number one priority. But that's most things in life. Yeah. Luckily, Vinny bought all of Turtle Shares back, and he's a. Uh near billionaire <laughs> the end <of> the show. <laughs> oh man listen have you ever done any deep dives on the finances i know a lot of people have i just tweeted um a graphic that's from that entourage book that came out 15 years ago and it's like his monthly spending broken down and it's like oh wait this isn't sustainable <laughs> at all we would often and again connelly and i go we we just love this shit mm -hmm. right and when you're on set for 16 hours sometimes you run out of things to talk about but uh, never really with him. And even like since the entourage is long and then if we're ever together, having a beer, I would talk of you like, so wait, how much money in the end was, was Vince worth 20 million? Was he worth 80 million? Was he worth four? What, like what, where, like there was one point where we were shooting a show where like, Drama's probably got more. Drama's been on TV now for yeah. six years. Like, Broadcast. Drama's got too. that TV money <laughs> yeah. and he's got a cartoon. He's probably the one who's got all the fucking money. When we were doing our podcast right around the time the movie came out and we were starting to have, I was interviewing a lot of the guys mm -hmm. from the show and some, someone, I forget his name. I got, I got it all down. I got to tweet it out. But there was like some kid who was like listening to the podcast while studying some economics degree or whatever. And he was like, you know what? Let me send you this breakdown. And he like rewatched everything wow. and did a full breakdown on all his profits and losses yeah. and what he's made. And the number wasn't great. He was in the hole, I think. Vinny would be doing appearances. He'd be doing appearances everywhere. 50K yeah. here, 100K here, just to keep them a little bit closer to liquid. Well, yeah. And even like, I don't know if you remember like the season two house when mm -hmm. he first first bought a house right it's a joke because i think in the show the house was like three million dollars that that was like a 20 million dollar house in real life we were there it was it's like god this that number the brando house. three million dollar house the brando house it was like a 20 million dollar house and he had he had just gotten a check for like two million and so what is he yeah. financing the other <laughs> this doesn't make none of the finances made sense <laughs> never did they never did I have kind of a weirder question. What was the last normal memory that you have? So you've been in the public eye now for 15 plus years. Most people know you as this character. Was there a meal or a moment that you remember distinctly as being just like one of the last before all of this happened? Is that something you think about? Like before Entourage, you mean? Yeah, just when you were struggling, when you were grinding, whatever. I remember, look, I remember all of that, but um, I guess the last, put it this way, my audition process for Entourage, similar to, you know, most people's, I auditioned dozens of times, mixed and matched with dozens of people, and then the ultimate ending is you go and you test for HBO, because they have the final say, because it's their show, yeah. and I was at that point when I left, it's like, okay, do I quit my job in the restaurant? And I was doing like a little construction stuff on the side. Like, I don't, I don't know. And I guess I'll figure it out when I get the call. And then I got the call. I remember where I was. I like pulled over in a seven 11 parking lot. Uh, God only, I don't remember what I was buying. It's probably a blunt. <laughs> who knows? And Doug Allen called my, I don't even know what phone, a Nextel maybe back then. <laughs> and, uh, and I just I remember I answered it and it was like, hey, Jerry, it's Doug. Uh, you got the part shooting the pilot in a week. So let's all get together and hang out. Congrats. I'm like, wow, thanks, Doug. And I hung up and I called my mom. But 
where I'm going with this is there's something else that happens. So I guess you could say that's the first, yeah. mo- the last moment. But then you shoot the pilot, and then there's like four months till you find out if it gets picked up. Yeah. So now it's like, yeah, I got paid for the pilot. I made some money. I'm not retiring. <laughs> and um, by the month three, you're like, fuck, do I, I go ask for my job back? And then I got a call. My phone rang again, and it was from a number I didn't know. It might have even been my house phone. I don't even know. And it was like, Jerry, it's Wahlberg. <laughs> we got picked up, buddy. Show's a go. We're going to crush it. Start shooting in like three weeks. Get yourself ready. Congrats. Click. I'm like, wow. Uh, I guess I don't have to go back to the restaurant and I got a job. I don't know. That's incredible. So either the 7-Eleven or you stand in your kitchen <laughs> and Mark Wahlberg's voice on the other end. But the 7-Eleven really seems, because it's so weird. I actually have had that moment so many times since where you like you leave an audition or a meeting and you're wondering, like, fuck, am I going to get this part? I really want it. And... I've sat in many parking lots just staring at the space, wondering, like, is this going to be one that I get? Or usually it's not. <laughs> so, As is the case with acting. Last question. It's a bit selfish. Can you look into the camera and make a case for Kevin Connolly to come on for an episode? Because we've talked to Kevin, and he said he's interested. He doesn't want to talk about a specific episode, but he wants to come on. Can you ask him, because I will make sure this video gets in front of him. Kevin Connolly, it's your old buddy, Jerry Ferrara, okay? Having now done the Oh Yeah podcast, I could say it's a safe place. It, you'll laugh. You're going to have a good time. I enjoyed talking about specific episodes, like kind of going back in the time capsule. So uh, if you have time in your schedule. You do right now. <laughs> may, you do. Make an hour. Uh, come talk to JR. He he, he does a good job. It was a nice trip down memory lane, I gotta say. I appreciate that. No problem. Jerry, what is coming up for you? Is Bad for Business back, your podcast with your wife, Bri? I know you tweeted um, something recently about it. It came back for an episode. <laughs> we, we've we been off for two years. Um, I think the first year was pregnancy, and then the second year was the baby was born, and it just... It just overtook our life, but um, uh, bad for business will be back. But I'm also ha- I have some other stuff uh, in the podcast space that I'm going to do similar kind of rewatch stuff with uh, Dom Lombardozzi. Oh, I'm amazing. sure you're going to talk about, and he's another one you should maybe consider getting on. He's a great guy, one of my best friends, and I get to see him a lot more now that I'm in New York. Uh, we're going to do some gangster movie rewatches. I love that, and then kind of have some breakdowns, but it's going to be much more. Uh, it's just what we end up always talking about every time we go to dinner and hang out and the quotes and the lines. So we're going to probably do it on Zoom or Skype or something because we can't get together right now. That's what everyone's doing now, man. I think he's the last person. He's the last person I saw before. I think we had to do all distancing and stuff. Is it his birthday today? And today is his birthday. Yes. And I had to do 10. I did some push-ups for him. That's great. Because he challenged me. He always calls me out on those Twitter challenges, hashtag like workout challenges. He calls me out to do push-ups. He's pretty active. Yeah. I'd love to get him on. Maybe for when that, the Dom returns episode in two seasons. That'd be, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. He's a great guy. Jerry, this has been an honor, a blast. Thank you for making time. I want to leave the door open for you to come back at any point in time you want to hop on and, and chat about an episode or just bullshit about whatever, man basketball life you know what too maybe it also maybe will help the the Connolly transition if maybe i jump on with him as well you know he likes you know he likes to kind of have someone else too to bounce off with so uh maybe uh there'll be strength in numbers but i'll tell him he should not be afraid kevin it's a friendly place here we're just we're nothing nothing but fans Yes, it's fun times, man. I will talk to you soon when this quarantine ends. The next time I'm in New York, let's try to maybe do this in a room somewhere. Yes, stay you and yours. Stay safe. And uh, yeah, I hope. I hope. Listen, man, I'm accepting all invitations <laughs> once this calms down because, uh, yeah, just everyone be safe out there, please. Thanks, Jerry. All right, man. Yo, what up, everybody? It's Kanye, and uh, we're getting ready to take off in just a few minutes. And for those of you who don't know, I actually took flying lessons a week ago, and even though it's totally illegal, I'm gonna fly us out of here. Nah, I'm just fucking with you. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> we got some real old school pilots used to fly Air Force One. Extremely old, actually. It might be his last flight. He's gonna retire. And uh, just a little heads up, when you see the flight attendants coming down the aisle, Mandy and Sandy, 
feel free to get a massage because it, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> Good afternoon, gentlemen. I'm Hotstone. Can I freshen up your drink for you? Yes, you can. Still sad, Ari? Yeah, but uh, I will get over it. Cheers to that. Yeah. Cheers. Welcome to the good night. And after all the talk, all I gotta say is... Welcome to the good night. You're welcome. You're all welcome. Like we always do with this channel.